Hello everyone. My name is Saliha Wazirzada. I'm a filmmaker on a spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds, and experiences. And together with you, we will dig deeper into their spiritual connection with their own being or with their own soul. We'll be sharing stories of people from various backgrounds by plunging deeper into their soul connection and get them up close and personal so they can feel comfortable to share their inner stories. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Untold Story Told. Today we're joined in by Glenn Lundy. Glenn is a speaker. He has been seen in places like Hustle and Grind Con, Grow Your Business for God's Sake and many more stages across the country as a public speaker and a coach. Glenn has been spotlighted on ABC, NBC and CBS as an expert in dealership culture development and leadership training with 20 years experience in the automotive industry. Glenn is a husband to a beautiful wife, eight beautiful children and is the host of the widely popular morning show #riseandgrind. Hashtag Rise and Grind is a daily morning show filled with motivation, education and inspiration and live from the hashtag Rise and Grind studios, Glenn is sure to help you kick your day off on the right foot. He has helped build a community of amazing people from across the world including his hashtag Rise and Grind university. Now, without further ado, Let's get to hear from Glenn Lundy. Today in the show, we'll be touching base with his book, The Morning Five by Glenn Lundy, and also be talking a bit about his children and also about the universe, spiritualities, his view on God and how everything within him changed after he understood that the body, mind and soul is what we are. Let's get to hear from Glenn and get this show started. So sit back, relax and get to hear what we have to say today. Hello Glenn, so good to have you on the podcast today. How are you today? I am absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing this time and this space with me. It means the world to me. Yes, yes, it's an absolute honor to have you here. Uh, I mean, I've been uh, following you on hashtag Rise and Grind. I've been looking at all you've been doing, and it's been amazing the whole experience of this, what you have been through, and how you are impacting other people's lives. But number one question for you today is, how do you get up every single morning so motivated? How how do you do this? Well, it's super exciting. So I get to spend my mornings with thousands of people every single day and I love people. I just absolutely love connecting with people and 
being, being, having an opportunity to pour into people. And then I also received so much energy from that. And so I took some time and really studied and learned how sleep cycles work. And so I sleep in, in cycles, very specific cycles, um, and it's kind of become a superpower of mine. So as long as I stay in those cycles, I typically wake up with a lot of energy charged up and ready to go out and attack the day. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's so interesting that you've actually studied the cycle of sleeping to understand your body and your mind so you could adjust to this new way of being and and you're living it. So that's motivational just by itself just you being here physically saying you know everybody we can do this you know i love it i love all of that <laughs> uh but before we get into all of that i mean you have been doing great things all your life let's just put it out there like you uh have been running this um, facebook group the hashtag rise and grind group uh you you are you run the 800 percent uh club which is all about dealership and helping people motivate them through the businesses and startups and everything you just you just motivate every people everywhere and that's just to begin with i mean you're a motivational speaker all your life you've been you know you've been metamorphosizing into becoming the person you are today and it never stops so do you think um where you are today is it about metamorphosis or evolving or that all just blends in together yeah, you know, it's really every level, as soon as you reach that next level, you see that there's another level, right? And that's what excites me. It's almost like when you're climbing a mountain, you can only see the mountain in front of you. But then when you reach the peak of that mountain, you notice there's a whole cascade of, of mountains out there that are yet to be climbed and each one is higher than the next. And so as we accomplish and achieve and grow, uh, I always you know, I'm just looking at, okay, great. You know, we've done mm -hmm. awesome here and I'm so grateful for that. Like mm -hmm. so grateful for how far I've come and how far uh, my family has been able to grow and, and the impact we've been able to make, but mm -hmm. I can just see like, wait a minute, there's, there's more, there's bigger impact. You know, I, I'm a student, I study success and one of the most successful humans in the history of the world was a guy named Jesus who mm -hmm. the stories of him are still told 2000 years later, he sold yeah. more books than anyone on the planet, right? 3.2 billion books that he's that have been distributed. And so I study Jesus. And when I study Jesus, I think, my gosh, look mm -hmm. at what he mm -hmm. had to go through yes. to, to share a message of hope. Mm -hmm. I like think I picture myself, okay, he has to, he had to get up early in the morning and then he had to like go grab a donkey or something. Right. And then he had to go travel by donkey to some random village. Maybe, maybe he walked. I don't know. Right. I wasn't there, but I, I know that he didn't have a car. He didn't have a plane. He didn't have any of that. And so he had to travel miles across these barren wastelands. He had to risk disease. He had to risk famine. He had to risk dehydration. He had to risk uh, threats on his life. People wanted to kill him everywhere he went, right? Mm. And so he had to do all of that to get an audience of like 40 people yeah. so that he could share a message of hope. And mm. here we are in 2021 where we can click a button. We don't even have to wear pants anymore, right? Like we're all on Zooms. So as long as you look good from the top up, you can just <laughs> exactly. click, you can click a button and go live or whatever, and you can reach thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people 
in the comfort of air conditioning, right? You know, and, and be home in time for dinner. And so that just motivates me to always continue to reach out because there's someone out there that needs a message of hope and I can deliver that in, in a unique way. And so I am constantly pushing to be able to reach that person in the far corner of the yeah. farthest room that everyone else forgot. I want to be able to connect with them and, uh, and just say, Hey, you know what? I love you and you matter. And I see you, right? Because sometimes that's all that people need. That's it. That's it. And that's what you've done that you've reached out to the person in the furthest corner. I mean, like I am here in Australia and I grew up in Pakistan and whatever life to the way life shaped me, as you say, the caterpillar turning into a butterfly and then coming back to, you know, the cocoon and then becoming a butterfly again, I, wherever we are together in this moment, it's because you made that little, you know, you, you voiced out to the universe and you said, you know, whoever, wherever you are, this is messages for you. And it, it came to me. So it, it works. And the reason what you just said right now, uh, first, first of all, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, because I just felt like a little, you know, like, wow, this has actually happened. You have done this and this has been received. And I, I need to say thank you. So first of all, thank you for doing what you do. What I wanted to get to next was the fact that what resonates with me most, Glenn, is the fact that I, when I had my little spiritual awakening and I had a moment in my life where I thought it was about two, three years ago. And I, I was like, whatever I'm learning, when I went on this path of learning and experiencing a new way of being, I was like, to better learn, to become the person I want to become, I want to tell people about what I'm learning. So it becomes like showing up on my Instagram, it started with, and saying, this is what I've learned. And then next time I was like, I spoke to so many people. I mean, even if it was like five people in a room and I told them, this is what I believe in. And now I need to keep this going. So it was like, not just telling myself that you are growing, but to grow in a way by helping others grow with the little knowledge I've got. So the impacting people wherever they are, that one person, that's it. That little voice within them. Yeah. So what I love about you is your whole incredible story, Glenn, that how you started. Would you would you like to tell us a bit about the part where you talk about how, you know, you you were really going through this really t t this time where you used to you used to drive around the beach with your Ford packed up with stuff and you were like homeless and you you just didn't know where life was going. Can you can you just tell us a bit about that time where you felt the sense of unworthiness? Yeah, sure. I just, I, I had a season in my life, especially, you know, pretty much my entire twenties. Um, I had a season in my life where I was living what I call a two dimensional life. So mm -hmm. it was mind and, uh, mind and body, right? Like if it looked good and it felt good, then the answer was yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And nothing else mattered. Consequences didn't matter. If somebody mm -hmm. got hurt along the way, didn't matter. I was mm -hmm. very, uh, survival of the fittest. I was very much a, a Darwinistic approach on life. So drugs looks good, feels good, let's go, right? Chasing women looks good, feels good, let's go. Gambling, mm -hmm. uh, you know, illegal activities, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so I spent my 20s burning bridges and destroying relationships. And ultimately, that led me to a place where I was homeless on the uh, on the streets of San Diego, California. And that homelessness led to hopelessness. And the hopelessness led to a deep depression. And that deep depression led to suicidal thoughts. 
And then ultimately, I, I attempted to take my own um, life unsuccessfully, clearly. Thank you. And coming out of that, I realized something. You know, I realized that you take yourself wherever you go. And so it didn't matter what city I was in. It didn't matter what friends I was around. Everything always ended up the same way, which was negative and unfulfilled and 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 bad, right? It was just bad. And so I realized that I was the only constant in every city, in every circle of friends. Like it was me. So I was actually the catalyst for all things negative in my life. And once I realized that, I was like, well, wait a minute. If I can cause all things bad, maybe I can be the catalyst of all things good. And so that question caused me to want to learn and study who am I? Like, where do I come from? What am I made of? Why, why do I have this ability to create bad things in my life? And that question led me to a spiritual journey as I got to learn more about who I was and I studied different religions and I studied different ideas and philosophies and concepts and mm -hmm. and through all of those studies I came to realize wait a minute mm -hmm. we're not 2D we're 3D there's mind body and spirit that's what I was missing and if we are part spiritual that means not only do we have the ability to make a, make an impact in other people's lives, but we have the responsibility to make a positive impact in other people's lives. And so that was a huge shift for me. And I started making decisions with all three in mind, mind, body, and spirit. It looks good and it feels good, but it hurts someone else. The answer is no, it yeah. looks good and it feels good. And it is a benefit to yeah. someone else. The answer is yes. yes. And so that that really was the shift for me. And it took me a few years to really, you know, break out of some of the old habits and thought processes and limited mindsets. But after hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of study and videos and books and and just retraining this guy up here to think differently, um, I've now been able to to kind of create a, a a safety zone of positive mentors and positive information that whenever I start to go down the wrong rabbit hole, I can, uh, I can, I can pull myself back pretty quick and, and continue to make an, a positive impact in other people's lives. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. And that's what we need to hear, Glenn. This is what every person out there needs to hear, no matter how they end up in life or wherever they are, we need to hear from other people who have been through the struggles and they still continue to go th through them, but it's the way they look at them, like the way you look at your life. And the, I mean, these are struggles. These are immense painful moments that you've been through and a lot of regrowth, a lot of reprogramming where you invest in yourself, right? But right now, you know, when you say all of these words, it's some like people like me or other people who are just walking around aimless, who don't have a sense of direction in their life or any person who just wakes up one morning and they have done like all this work on themselves and they're like today I don't feel like doing this you know this little slumpy feeling so I love this whole concept behind how you connected it all to this idea of waking up early in the morning and how that shifts and mo motivates you into getting into this groove that you can keep doing this so love this about you Glenn how did this all connect to 
Hashtag Rise and Grind. <laughs> <laughs> so Rise and Grind is our opportunity to connect, right? With that yeah. one person that really needs to, they, they, they just need to feel seen, right? Like sometimes we just need to know that we exist and that we add value on this planet because it can get dark a lot of times and we can get lonely. Uh, most anxieties, fears, depression, uh, suicide, most of those things stem from a, a lonely feeling. We feel like we're the only one that feels this way or we feel like we're less than everyone else. We feel like there's no one that loves us or, or, or things like that. And that's where most of those things stem from. So Rise and Grind is an opportunity for us to connect and say, hey, I see you. And not only do I see you, but I'm going to pour into you motivation, education, inspiration, because I believe if we can change the way people start their day, that's how you make a massive impact in somebody's lives. Too many people start their day rolling out of bed at the last second after hitting snooze four times. They jump immediately into their phone where they get negative news, politics, you know, all the social media division and crap. That's what they eat for breakfast. And then they run out to fight with their kids and their spouses to struggle to get to do whatever they need them to do. And, and then they frantically go throughout the day uh, chasing their tail the entire day only to end the day exhausted and feeling unfulfilled. That's, that's how most people spend their day. And, and so what I found through studying other successful leaders is a powerful morning routine is the key to reset, to build on solid ground and solid foundation. And the way I look at it is kind of metaphorically, right? You've heard the story of the three little pigs, Right. Everybody's heard the story of the three little pigs. Right. Yeah. So the three little pigs, you had the first little pig that built this house out of hay. Didn't mm -hmm. take much work. It didn't take much effort. Didn't take much energy. Just kind of threw it all together so that he could go back to the party or whatever he was doing. And then you have the second little pig. He made his out of wood. It took a little more work. He had to hammer some nails. He had to gather up some things, but it still was a little bit of shaky ground. Right. Then you had the third little pig that put time and energy and investment. He had to learn how to lay each brick specifically with the right amount of cement to be able to seal and build. And like, if you think about all the work he had to put in ahead of time to be able to build a solid foundation, right? And, and make this brick house. So now fast forward and here comes the big bad wolf and he wants to huff and puff and blow the house down. And he goes to the house made out of hay and he knocks and he, and he blows it down and the, the pig goes running. And then he goes to the house made out of wood and he knocks and then he blows it down and the pig goes running. And then he goes to the last house made out of brick on solid foundation. And he knocks and he says, open the door, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow the door in. And they say, bring it, brother. You can't take me down. My foundation's solid, right? And he huffs and he puffs and he can't blow it down and he goes away. And everybody knows this story. But I think what, what people miss is the first little pig when he ran away and the second little pig when he ran away, they ran to the third little pig's house. If you look in the last picture of the storybook, the two other little pigs are with their brother in the solid house of foundation while the wolf's outside. They're safe mm. because he put in the work, mm. because he put in the time. And here's the thing, my friends, when you take time in the morning to build a solid foundation, 
Not only does it protect you against the storms that are going to come, the huffs and the puffs, the blows that you're going to take, the, the hurricanes and the torrential division and the negativity and all the things that are going to come into your world. Not only are you protected from that, mm -hmm. but you've also created a safe place for the people you love. For those that aren't willing to put in the work, the other little pigs, the ones that built their houses out of hay and out of wood, you've now created a place where they can come and they can feel safe. So a lot of times people say, well, Glenn, I'm too busy. I can't take that much time for myself. And I say to them, look, it's not for you. It's for the ones that you love so that you can create a safe place for them too. You put in the work because they won't do it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. morning routines are just that. They're building a brick house one layer at a time before you go out into the storms so that you can be shelter from the storm for those that you love. Beautiful, beautiful. Shelter from the storm from the, for those that you love. That's Not right. For yourself. So same with like when you talk about self-love, it's... Uh, if you are investing in yourself and if you are working at your inner self in with your in at your soul level where you are connecting within it's not just for you it's it's when you are connected within then you can help others out you know yes. just as they say in the aeroplane that you know if you're a parent where the oxygen yes. comes first because yes. that's how you can take care of your babies and since you have babies i just want to like do. congratulate you on the latest uh <laughs> upgrade <laughs> thank <laughs> you baby yes. girl. congratulations to you and uh your wife louise is it like is it my uh, wife is leslie, leslie uh, but we have leslie. my my one of my daughters is oakland louise so we do yes. have a louise yes yeah. yes i keep following and keep reading and i love the fact that you are just not sitting here as you know glenn lundy who's just a man telling us how to motivate our lives and you know i have this experience but you bring in your family as a part of who you are as what your existence is part and parcel of everything is this and as a man i would say it's very important to do that because it's still very new out there for men to talk about their families i mean it's come to a point where even women um, before COVID, I feel women, when they used to work from home and used to come on camera and talking to their colleagues, they used to say, oh, like my babies are crying and feel a bit like, I don't know why I can't take care of my babies. And But now the whole yeah. world has shifted. So I'm going to another level now, just leaving all that conversation <laughs> into this abyss. And what I'm trying to get at is I look at you and I start changing what I'm saying because I'm connecting with you. And, and I feel that you have actually made it normal to have kids around in your life and keep on doing this family thing and do this other work thing and then also be there for others as a human person. So this human person was not just, as you say, the day you realized that you are not just two dimensional body mind, that you are also body mind and spirit. You're not just saying this to yourself. Now you're executing that and that you're doing that at home. I mean, this is what I see home work, people one-on-one, -on -one, you are applying that three-dimensional and even five-dimensional, which can, we can talk about in spirituality at another conversation, but sure. you are just executing yourself as the way you are. And as you say in your conversations, you say, I am my own grand stage. So I love this about you. Oh, thank you so much. You're, you're, you're so kind. And 
yeah, man, my kids are everything. So when I was living 2D, I ended up, I had a, uh, my daughter was six years old when I lost custody of her. She was taken, taken away from me and I wasn't allowed to see her. I wasn't allowed to write her. I wasn't allowed to talk to her. I wasn't allowed to do anything. And it stayed that way for eight years. I didn't see my daughter from age six to age 14. And so when I was blessed with Savannah, my, my 11 year old now, uh, I just declared like, I will never, ever, 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 ever make my children um, second rate citizens in my life. Like they are priority number one, period. And now we have a lot of them. We have an 11 year old, an eight year old, a six year old, a five year old, a three year old, two year old. And, uh, uh, (laughs) and then the new, the newborn baby that we just had, you know, so I've got eight of them total, but my life, I remember what life was like without kids and Mm -hmm. it was empty and hollow and not that like, I understand some people don't have kids and kids aren't for everyone. Some people can't have kids, right? Like I totally, Mm -hmm. I totally get that. Um, But when I had a kid and I didn't make her a priority and I lost Mm -hmm. her, I was, that void was, oh, it was miserable. It was miserable to know that it was my fault. It was my fault. All I had to do was put her first and everything would have been fine, you know? And so now, yeah, dude, when you get Glenn Lundy, you get kids, bro. That's just how it works, right? Like right now I'm in my studio in my office, so it's nice and quiet. But most of my life, 80% of my time is spent with a kid either hanging on an ankle or calling on, you know, calling on my phone. I think my daughter's called twice while we've been on this call. So, you know, it's just, it's such a blessing and such a gift and I'll never take it for granted now that it was, you know, since it was taken away from me once, I'll never take it for granted again. It's amazing how you just said this and I'm so glad you shared your heart's feelings because it's, I mean, it's something that you've been through and to recall it is is a space you have to go in and, you know, you have to touch that part of your soul and you have to bring it out. But then you're like, yeah, I have closed it up, but then this is, a, this makes me, this is a building block of me. And uh, when I was reading about um, this, this morning five book, the PDF that you're, uh, you're sending to everyone so they can get into the 67 day uh, challenge. I love the paragraph and I, I actually stopped there when you talked about your daughter and about her custody and how there was that time where you just felt like, you know, I, I couldn't be there for her and I couldn't, you know, what kind of a worthless person I am, you know, that idea of being worthy as a parent was important to you. And when that was taken away from you, that was a bit, I can, I can actually relate to it in many ways, not uh, the situation wise, emotion wise. And, and I thought that this must have hurt a lot because till you don't become a parent, you don't know how it feels feels and even if you're a parent who is just like I'm not talking about you but I felt this in my life even if you're a parent who are like oh my kids will grow up or like I'll put them in schools and the schools will take care of them if you're a parent who's disconnected it is such a thing it's such a thing that happens to you the moment you become a parent no, ma- no matter how disconnected or away you are from them it's a bond and oh, you yeah. feel the pain when it something happens you feel it Well, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, and science has actually proven that energy itself never dissipates. It can, it's, it's not something that can be created and it's not something that ever goes away. 
energy can only be converted from one form to another and it's everlasting. And so, you know, our children are, they're, they're, they're components of us. They're, they're our energy that has now been converted into this new life form. Right. And so we're connected for forever. Right. And like you said, no matter where they are in the world, you, you feel it, you sense it, you, you think about them. I mean, those eight years where my daughter, I didn't know whether she was, you know, I got reports from my mom every once in a while, my mom would get some information on her, but years would go by and, and, mm. and she didn't know if I was alive or dead. And I didn't know what was going on in her world and mm. how she was doing, you know, and, and it was, it was just, it's, mm. it was just awful. You know, it really was awful. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. You know, I, I, I have friends that have lost children and I'm just like, oh my gosh, how, how difficult that is, you know? Um, and the mind was, you know, still alive. Thank goodness. I can't even imagine, but uh, yeah, there's, there's something. It, they're a reminder to me. My children are a reminder to me of all things that are spectacular in the world. They are a reminder of joy. They are a reminder of magic. They are a reminder of the importance of using our imagination. They remind me to think big, to dream big. They, they, they just remind me that it's, it's not just our life that matters, right? That there's other people watching and learning and growing and impacting, right? And, and they just remind me that God is real, like yes. God is real and, and mm -hmm. science cannot explain that bond, right? Mm -hmm. Science can't explain it and you don't see it anywhere else in the animal kingdom. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just a reminder that every time I see him, I see, I see yeah. God and I see hope. And, uh, and so that's probably why we have so many of them so that we can just <laughs> see the blessings all around us, you know, all the time. You got me all getting emotional in here. Oh what are you my doing God, I've got a tear happening here too. It. And I think the beauty of these tears is that it's it's gratitude. It's like intense gratitude. And it's because you have been like so down that you can appreciate this. You see, this, this, this little connection of this and this, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I'm grateful. I yes. feel that. Yes. I feel that from you and and Glenn I I can I love how you're just sharing from your heart's uh, center over here because these are the conversations I, I I really connect with with especially from you and I've been feeling this from you and I have been uh, like I don't know whether to ask you a question about it but you're saying it about yourself and I love this coming from you I have two children I've got a three-year-old boy and a four a seven-year-old girl uh, That's awesome. and and I remember in a conversation once you had to remember how many kids you have. And I was like, yeah, of course, I would have even forget. I forget their ages, you know, yeah, yeah, I totally. forget their ages and they're only two. So right? I mean, this is, this is, this happens. And uh, I have to, I grew up in a big family. I was the eldest of five and we were one and two years apart. And it was like a jungle. <laughs> like, oh yeah. It's wild. 
<laughs> so the lunch I was like pass me the fork and you're just throwing the fork you're like you just heard me it's like I didn't do this and this is like fights and mom's like everybody right. be quiet so I have <laughs> been there the family the and I grew up with grandparents and aunts and uncles so it was like when I came to Australia and they were like oh so you're here with family you're so lucky because I came with my parents and my father brought us here and I was like yeah for me family means like aunts and uncles and cousins right, <laughs> so, right. Grew up. so my I, my parents didn't just raise me, everyone else also raised me. So love this about you that you are able to be there for your children too. I love this Christmas thing that you were doing where you took each sibling out to get presents for the rest of the siblings. So if like you have like seven children back then, yes. So yes. Um, in Christmas, seven and a half. So right. uh, you would uh, be getting, um, getting one kid to get uh, six gifts for the rest right. of them and imagine the amount of gifts under that tree even if it's a little teddy bear even i was thinking this is such a good thing and then you have that one-on-one -on -one. how did that go for you oh it's fantastic you know we started doing this uh i guess it was three or four years ago uh, my daughter savannah you know as the as the kids were growing as we were having more and more kids she was like daddy you know I remember when it used to be just me, you know, and, and I got a lot more time with you. And so I thought, well, you know, let's create that. Let's make sure to create that space where they can experience that one-on-one -on -one time because it does get difficult, you know, especially right now during COVID with everybody's at home all the time and the kids aren't doing sports and so on and so forth. You know, there's always, you know, even the other night we had four kids that went and had sleepovers at other people's houses we still had three kids left, you know, in, in the house, like there's a lot of kids. And so there's very little one-on-one -on -one time. And so Christmas is really a special um, season. And I just, I take them one by one and it's spectacular because they always know, like they're normally kind of short trips in the store. We'll go get some ice cream and do some other things, but in the store, it's a short trip because they know exactly what their sibling wants, right? Wow. They'll be like, Meredith wants a, LOL doll and, you know, uh, Fisher loves orange dinosaurs. Like they know their brothers and sisters so incredibly well. And so they walk in and they just pick the gifts and it's a free for all, right? Like I don't make them look at price tags or, <laughs> or, or anything. Um, and usually it's nothing expensive, but they, they just, they just know. And then when they give the gifts to their brothers and sisters hmm. to see them light up with gratitude because it's always perfect. Like the gift is always the perfect gift because they know their siblings so well. So it's never like they open it and there's like, you know, a pair of socks and they're like, eh, like some of the other gifts yeah. they get on Christmas. It's yeah. always like, oh my gosh, it's an orange dinosaur. Oh my gosh. Like, and so to see the joy and then my kids learn the spirit of giving and, and, and how important that is. And it's just really special. The whole family looks forward to it. We, we do that on Christmas Eve and then we do, you know, the rest of the presents and stuff Christmas morning. So it makes for uh, incredible bookends on, a, on an amazing holiday. That's beautiful. And since you have like these many children, so important to have that siblinghood happening, even if, you know, one day as parents, we are not around, it's important to, for them to have these ways to connect with each other, because as human beings, what we need is connection. And if you have siblings, that's like another, another part of you in the world, walking around. And if no you doubt. don't have anybody else, you can hang on to them because they have, 
you know, they are your, your brother or your sister. So they have this, but then how do you as a parent continue that little culture of what be there for each other, not rather than just saying be there for each other, you're like, let's create this place where you experience yourself, how it feels to give to your own sibling and the joy on their face. I love this. Love yeah. this about you. Something um, else that we something else that we do too that's really powerful. And uh, we just started doing this, I'd say probably about a year ago, and it's been, it's been phenomenal. So every night before bed, hmm. we all go and we sit on the couch and we go through the room, which takes a little while. See, what we used to do is we used to put each kid in their room and go and tuck each kid in. And then that took, you know, an hour just to get each kid in their room. And then this kid pops out and that kid pops out. You're playing whack-a-mole the whole night. So <laughs> it was very frustrating. So now what we do is everybody comes to the living room and all the kids where everybody's sitting on the couch and we go around the room and everybody says one thing that they were grateful for that day. Right. Um, and so Joel will say, I was grateful. I got to play with my friends today. And Savannah will say, I, I was grateful that, uh, you know, I got to eat tacos with grandma or whatever it is. Right. And so they say they're gratefuls. And then each kid has a day of the week that is their day to say prayers at dinner, say prayer at the end of the night. And so whoever's day of the week it is, right? Like Savannah's on, um, uh, I think Savannah's on Thursday nights, right? So it's Thursday night, that's Savannah's night. So everybody says what they're thankful for. And then Savannah goes and stands in the middle of the room and everyone takes a turn telling Savannah one thing they love about her. And Savannah just gets to be the star in the room, right? And everybody and and the you know the two year old says, "I love Nana because she lets me have sleepovers, right?" And and Willow says, "I love Savannah because she always draws pictures with me." And so by by doing that, again, we get to kind of create that. We get to create that um, that space for that one child to kind of mm. separate from the pack and mm. be an individual. Mm. And then we're also teaching them to receive mm. love mm. because a lot of people have a hard time receiving love or compliments, mm. right? Mm. Like typically, especially women, I know, like uh, someone mm. says, oh, you look great today. Most women go, Oh, no, no. Are you kidding? My yeah. hair, or my <laughs> eyebrows, right? They find something negative to say about themselves. It's yes. very hard for people to receive compliments. And so we're teaching our kids to be receivers, right? Mm -hmm. God wants us to be receivers. He, you know, the, uh, uh, the Bible says we should receive with open arms, mm -hmm. all of the blessings that have mm -hmm. been bestowed upon us. And yes. so we're teaching them to be receivers. We're, we're allowing them some space to be individuals. We're teaching the other kids mm -hmm. to give selflessly, right? And to encourage and to lift others up. And so it's such a powerful thing. We get to do it every night. And when we're done, then everybody comes and gives us a kiss and then they scatter and they just go to their rooms and we don't have to, we don't <laughs> have to do the individual chase and the whack-a-mole all night long. So mom and dad are really happy too, you know, at the, at the end of it. So we started doing that. And my goodness, that has been one of the most transformational things in our home to, to really bring the kids uh, to, together is to, to teach them how to love each other and to show that they love each other as well as embracing the fact that it's okay to love each other. It's really neat. It's okay. 
that's it. That's it. It's okay to love each other. I love this about uh, what you just said. It sounds very simple, but it's it's important because kids they look at us, especially you know under the age of seven, they're literally looking at your face for every emotion, every expression of you, like what you're trying to say about their world, right. as invalidating. Okay, checklist. If daddy says this, then this must be true. If my mommy says this, this must be true. And then they come with their own, this beautiful within power, which we are like, well, baffled with some days. Like, what did he just say? Like, I didn't know. Where, where did he learn this from? You know? And you're like, wow, okay. Sometimes, you know, just, just as you said, receive the, the wow moment. Because as you said, you know, when you connect it to God, when you connect it to source or whatever that space within you, which says like, this is something bigger than what I'm doing, you know, because as, as parents, I feel Glenn, I sometimes we tend to think because we sort of gave birth to them that we are somehow the creators of them, which is wrong because there's one creator. And That's when right. you, when you realize that everything you have, you know, from the time that the babies are in the mommy's tummy and how they're just pumping blood and receiving food and water while they're inside, when you look at that like that's happening and by this universal power and when they come outside you have to always make sure okay are they fed are they slept so this magic of life makes you wonder like wow there's a bigger power out there don't you feel that oh yeah you know no no doubt we we just are we just get to be a vessel right we just get to be the mm -hmm. vessels and uh you know my kids are going to go out and they're going to impact other people's lives some way some some somehow some shape hopefully positive you know we might have uh you know one bad seed in the bunch or or, or two who knows hopefully hopefully not <laughs> they all seem to be good kids you know um but ultimately you know there's a reason that kids grow up and leave the home because that that that, that child's not yours it's not your kid. That's, that's, that's a child of God. And as a child of God, they have a responsibility to go out into the world and make a difference, make an impact. Right. And so we get, we just get to share a season of, of, um, of growth with them to, to help shape and mold them so that they can go out and do what they're destined to do. And I, I think sometimes you're right. People forget that, especially, you know, this last generation has been tough, man. We got a lot of helicopter parents that think that, you know, we got to take care of them till they're 40 and they should be living in our house forever. And uh, we're going to step in and never let them, you know, feel pain or never let them experience the world. And that's not the way to, to raise a child. That's not your child, you know, so serve them, nurture them, give them the tools that they need to, to hopefully go out there and succeed. And then you have to kick them out of the nest and, and, and some will fly and some will fall and some will flounder. Um, but no matter what the result is, that result is ultimately God's plan, not yours. So last thing I want to do as a parent is get in the way of, uh, of, of what God has planned for my children. So you better believe when it's time, I'm kicking them all out. Get out of here. You gotta go. <laughs> Oh my God. I hope your kids are going to be listening to this recording one day. And they're like, okay, that said that. <laughs> that's right. And that's what I'm going to tell them too. I'm going to be like, look, hey, God said, God said you got to go. So don't blame me. <laughs> I, I love this. I love this. How you're so invested in their lives. And I didn't expect this would be all about kids. But once 
you know, you get parents going, you're like, oh, my, my kid this, my kid that. And yours is like so much that you're putting your time and effort. Because I remember as five kids, I felt now that I look back, I'm like, there's so much of like, every kid is a different individual. And they each need love in a different way, but it's still love in the end. And how do you do this? I love these ideas that you put forward so I can like put them with my kids too, because it's good to share notes, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, my children, so there are seeds in your children, seeds that were planted by the creator, right? And these yeah. seeds, ultimately over time, they'll grow they, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's our job to fertilize them and, yeah. and um, nurture them, right? But we didn't create the seed. Yeah. So some, some, some people are planted with a seed of, of uh, leadership. Hmm. They're, 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 they're just destined to be, to be leaders. And then other people are planted with seeds as, uh, that, are, that is more of servant, right? That is yeah. just uh, a, a nurse, um, uh, you know, a nurse or, or a doctor or a, a dental assistant, those types of things that are just there to heal, right? The seed of healing. Yeah. And then there are others out there that are planted with seeds of, of uh, comedy. They make people laugh or seeds of encouragement, seeds of motivation or inspiration, right? Everyone, all of our children are planted with seeds. And so my children, I understand they each have their own seed. And so I constantly look for clues to what that seed is. So Savannah I watch her all the time. When she, whenever she's in a group, she is the leader. She always is the leader. She's very competitive. She wants to win. She's 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 not a sore loser, thank goodness, but she wants to win. She wants to lead. She wants to go first. She wants to teach. She she teaches the other kids choreography and she does screenplays and you know all of these things, right? She's a leader. She has the seed of a leader. And so we feed that as often as possible. I put her in positions. I let her travel with me sometimes when I'm working so she can see what leaders do and how they lead other people and treat other people. She's very entrepreneurial minded. So I let her do lemonade stands and brownie stands and sales and all of these things that she likes to do. Now, my son, Joel, has a different seed. He's a worker. He loves to work. He wakes up first thing in the morning. He goes downstairs before he ever turns towards the television. He turns outside and he goes and he feeds the ducks and he waters the ducks and he makes sure the ducks are okay and the cats are okay and the dogs, like he loves to work. He comes back in and he asks his mom if he can help with laundry, if he can help with dishes. He cleans his room before he ever leaves his room. It's amazing, right? This is an eight-year-old little boy. Wow. So he just has this seed of a worker. And, and he's told us, he says, dad, when I grow up, I want to own a car dealership. I want my own um, cleaning business as far as laundry. I want to be a preacher and I want to be a farmer. He said, I want to be those four things. I said, son, you can be all of those four things. You know why? Because you have the seed of a worker. Mm. He's not afraid of hard work. He's not afraid to wake up early. He's not afraid to stay up late. He'll do whatever it takes to get it done. And so we just try to encourage that, right? Our house is weighted. Joel does more chores around the house than any of the other kids. Mm -hmm. But that's because Joel loves it. 
it's a passion of his. He, he mm-hmm. feels like he's supporting and providing the family when he does those things. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas Savannah, on the other hand, she wants to like delegate like, Hey, Joel, you go do this. Willow, you go do this. She doesn't want to get her hands dirty and that's mm-hmm. okay too. I don't mm-hmm. get my hands dirty. These hands, if you could touch my hands, these are some of the softest hands on the planet, right? I've always been able to work with my mouth and with my mind, right? I haven't, I, and, and I appreciate those that can work with these things. I just wasn't built that way. And so with each of our kids, we don't pigeonhole any of them. Uh, the only thing that I believe is fair, sometimes people say, well, that's not fair. Joel does more chores than Savannah does. Well, that it, to me, to be fair is to, uh, is to fertilize the individual seed not to roll them all into one. I think this is what's wrong with like public schools today is they think all 30 kids in that classroom have the same seed that they can teach them the same way. And that every kid is supposed to respond the same way and learn the same way. And that's just not how it works. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of like monastery programs and, and programs that let kids gravitate towards that which they were made for and excel in the areas they were made for and that's just what we do in in our home is 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 we we fertilize each individual seed they're all on team lundy but other than that they're all individuals that's beautiful that's beautiful lovely i'm just like i'm a savannah all your kids just just popping in my head right now and at the same time i'm thinking Glenn, do you have a mantra for 2021, which you repeat to yourself, like something that you say constantly, which helps you and you think can help others too? Well, the, you know, the biggest thing right now for me, this season that I'm in, which is a very accelerated season. So we've been planting seeds for a really long time uh, with rise and grind as far as making an impact and reaching out through social media and creating a brand uh, that is helping people change the way they start their day, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what goes through my head every minute is, is how do we help to help people change the way they start their day? Mm-hmm. And so we've been planting seeds for a long time, working hard, showing up 784 episodes of the show, right? We've sold thousands and thousands of gear items and planners and uh, anything that can help people change the way they start their day. We're all about it, right? We've, we've been doing that for a long time. And so now we're in this season of, of harvest where a lot of the hard work we've been putting in is starting to really pay off right now. Like we've been watering, we've been sowing, we've been plucking weeds. We've been doing that for years and now we're, we're, we're starting to harvest. And so this year, you know, really my focus is continuing to change the way people start their day but also allowing ourselves to receive the, the harvest from our hard work. Uh, there's a, a, you know, a parable in the Bible, the parable of the talents and, and, you know, God, or, or in, in the metaphor, it's the landowner or whatever. Um, but he says, he says to the, um, well, if you don't know the parable, there's, there's three, three workers, there's a landowner, the landowner gives them each a talent. And he says, take this into the marketplace and see what you can do. And, and the first one takes it to the marketplace and he turns his talent into 10. The second one takes it to his marketplace, turns his talent into 10. And the last one takes his talent and buries it in the ground. And when the landowner returns, he says, what did you do with your talents? And the first one says, 
I turned it into 10. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I will multiply your talents and give you more. And the second one, actually the second one turned it into five, not 10. The second one says, I took the talent and I turned it into five. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I will take those talents and I will bless you with more. And then the last one says, I, I was afraid that I was going to lose the talent. And so I buried it to make sure I'd be able to give it to you when you return. And the landowner took it from him and said, how dare you bury your talents that I gave you versus taking them out into the marketplace. And he took that talent from the last one and he gave it to the first, right? And a lot of people say, well, that's not fair. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. But the, real, the reality of the situation is, You've been given talents, you've been given gifts, and it is okay for those talents to multiply as long as you continue to be a good steward of that. And that's what we've been doing is we've been good stewards, good and faithful servants showing up every single day to spread this message of motivation, education, inspiration. And so the talents are, are, are multiplying and it's such an exciting season for, for me and my family and my company and it, it just energizes me. I'm ready to go. Like, let's keep going because this is absolutely amazing. So yeah. long way around to say my biggest mantra is with open arms, with the, with allowing myself to receive the harvest, we are still pushing every single day to change the way people start their day. Beautiful. And that rhymes. That's it right. Does. We got all crap <laughs> to us, like shape people's way, day, right? <laughs> love this, love it. And I like how rise and grind is like almost a part of the rap too. So that's right. Yes. Like yes. you can't forget it. it, stays in your head. That's a mantra. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Rise and grind, rise and grind. Love this. Uh, <laughs> there's so much I want to talk to you about. And uh, the reason I say love this all the time is because I really do come from a heart space, Glenn. And uh, when I want to talk to you, I just want to go buy some paper or buy some book. Like I love doing the research because it gets me motivated. Like, you know, like look at you as a role model, things like that. But at the same time, I look at you as a human too. And I look at, you know, your human to human interaction, because I believe we, as you said, we all have the power. We all have the gifts and the talents. We just need to start appreciating them and showing up for them rather than just like saying, oh yeah, it's like abundance as you, you talk about it too, abundance. It's there for us. It's just that we need to own up to it and say okay yeah now i, I know where i i'm and where my abundance is like it's all there so everybody does not have less than the other so that whole idea of jealousy of like you have less and you have more this also got me to think one more thing i would say glenn is that you know some people might look at you and go like oh he can do it because you know he's got this and this and that and these people to help him like people i i am at a very Whatever level I am, people, other women look at me and go like, how do you do this with kids? Or probably she can do it because her husband minds it or whatever, she's got her parents. Sure. What people don't understand is that it's, it's the work we put within ourselves every single day. We really do show up for ourselves. Isn't that important to say that you need to show up for yourself and then the universe conspires? Yes, but first it starts here, the investment within you, the one you talk about. Yeah, you've got to be the best version of yourself, you know. Uh, we were not put here to be average or below average or or to play small. It's, that's that's 
it's now while we're here, you know, I, 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 uh, I liken it to, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe, Kobe Bryant's one of the, uh, you know, greatest athletes of all time, or you could say LeBron James or Michael Jordan, any of these guys, right? Any, any high powerful athlete. If we were in a conversation about Kobe Bryant and I said, that, that, that uh, young girl over there or that young man over there is Kobe Bryant's child, right? You would immediately think they're probably going to be pretty athletic, right? They're, they're probably going to be good at basketball. Maybe they choose not to go that route, but if they chose to play basketball, there's a good chance they'd probably be pretty good at it, right? And that's because they have something in their DNA and we understand that genetics pass down through and that there's an, an increased likelihood of greatness in, 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 in that particular sport. And so I look at all humans that way. We have the DNA of the creator of the universe in us, yes. right? Like yeah. we have the DNA of the creator of the universe. So mm -hmm. that means by default, we have the ability to create. Mm -hmm. And we can create a life of abundance. We can create a life of excellence. We can create a life of impact. And to choose not to do so is nonsense. It makes no sense because it's not something that's out of reach. It's not something that is only for the few. We can all choose to be the best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. The best janitor, the best mother, the best sister, the best uh the 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 best one-armed man the best person with with uh you know missing an eyeball and an ear whatever it is you whatever. can choose to be the best because you have the dna of the creator that exists inside you no matter what you're doing on the outside and so i believe you have to serve that and to become the best it takes practice to become the best takes training. To become the best takes become being a student. It takes work. It takes energy. Because like we said at the very beginning of this, energy doesn't, it's not something that can be created. It has to be converted. So by you putting in the work, that converts the energy yeah. that ultimately makes you the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. Yes, beautiful. Glenn, before I let you go, I do this thing where I am, um, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful, but I do this little token of gratitude. And it's these cards I have, they're called, um, they've called thought, um, thought creating uh, affirmations. So the, what they do is give you positive thoughts. And what I do is I pull out a card from it and that card is meant for you. And it's up to you if, if it resonates with you, you keep it with you. And if it doesn't, then you can, you know how to work with energy. And you can go tell it to go and go on its way. <laughs> no doubt. I'm sure if I, I, I'll pull out a card for you, which will be good for you. So they're called Power Thought Cards and they're by Louise Hay. I don't know if you can see it clearly. Yeah, I can see it. So I will send you a picture of it once I take it out, like later on. And they're about 57 cards. And whatever comes up for you will be a card for you. And they're double-sided cards, Glenn. So just bear with me. So dear universe, what is the message? that Glenn Lundy needs to hear today that resonates deep within him and is a message to tell him that all is okay and it will be all right. Let's see what comes up. Oh, 
it says, I am flexible and flowing. Nice. And it's I a double-sided it. card. So bear with me while I quickly read this for you. I won't, don't, won't take much of your time. I'm open to the new and changing. Every moment presents a wonderful new opportunity to become more of who I am. I flow with life easily and effortlessly. Mm, I love it. And so I green. love it. Thank you so much. Yes, and that's wonderful. Green is, green is all um, the heart chakra. I'll talk to you about it in another podcast about spirituality. And basically our heart has a green light. Uh, when, it, when you look at it, it's an energetic form. And so this is coming straight from your heart. That I'm nice. So I hope that has a, some kind of a positive yes, impact wonderful. on your Thank day. You. Uh, yes. Wonderful talking to you, Glenn. Just lovely. This was a moment I was looking forward to and I, I'm grateful. And now you have motivated me to keep going, keep doing. And I, I, I am really grateful that you were able to join us today. Oh, thank you so much. It's been absolutely my pleasure. It's been great. Thank you so much. Love and blessings your way, Glenn, to your family and to all that you know. And may you keep going and growing the way you are, where you stand today in your power. And you are a wonderful human being, Glenn. And I'm so grateful that you came from the heart space. Thank you. Thank you. And same to you. You're amazing. Thank you. Love and light. If you would like to keep in touch with Glenn Lundy, you can do so by going to glennlundy.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-L-U-N-D-Y.com. And you can also go on Facebook and check out his morning show on hashtag Rise and Grind and join the group there. Glenn is also on Instagram and he's also on LinkedIn by his name, Glenn Lundy. So do follow him and I am so honored to have him on the show today. I would like to put a quote by Glenn Lundy, which says, who I was is no longer who I am. However, who I was has made me the man I am today. From behind bars and homeless, God managed to lift me out of the depths and has given me an opportunity to make an impact on this planet. It's an opportunity I take seriously. Mm-hmm.